Genesis chapter 12, the word of God reads, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Word of the Lord. Now we go to the epistle of Romans, way out in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah, Romans is after Genesis, Charlie. Just kidding. Uh, way out in the New Testament, the book of Paul to the Romans is after the gospel, after the Acts of the Apostles. And I'm going to read from verse from chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 only. Okay? Now, I am reading out of the New Living Translation, and you probably have a new revised version, which is okay. Don't, don't be worried. Don't get out of shape if the words are different, but combine them, put them together, and let's listen for the word of the Lord. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. The word of the Lord. If you were a member of the pastor nominating committee for Light of Hope, you would know that that is the portion I just read, right? It's one of my favorite verses, and it has become a life verse since I was very young as a teenager, realizing that I needed change, realizing that I needed help, realizing that I needed somebody bigger and greater than my parents to rescue me from what the... Stupidity that I was thinking. Teenagers, we tend to do that. And it was that word of God that encouraged me and taught me to think differently, to think out of the box, 
and that can be a double-edged sword. Uh, but to think not as the world thinks. Uh, I guess that is why I don't even have a, a pair of blue jeans. I'm serious. I don't own a pair of blue jeans because a whole bunch of people have them. Everybody has a pair of blue jeans, right? Not I. I'm unique. I'm different. I'm not thinking. So that kind of extreme thinking goes on because of this verse has been in my heart and in my thinking so often. Actually, I was in Europe many years ago when I was a teenager, 19, 20, no, actually I was 21 already, and I was in, in, in uh, Montreux, Switzerland, and it was March, it was around this time of the year, and the tulips had all come up. And down at the promenade by Lake Le Mans or Lake Geneva, uh, the flowers were just blooming, and I took one day to take pictures of flowers. And, and, and you know, them, them Swiss are very strict and very official and very orderly in their ways. But something happened because this mound of beautiful yellow tulips was abnormal. One bulb from some other basket has snuck into the bulb of yellow tulips and the people who planted the yellow tulips got yellow tulips except for one red bulb and it happened to have been right on the top of that mound on the Montreux promenade. And God spoke to me and said, do not conform, but be transformed. I am talking seriously. I have that poster. I took a picture of that tulip, red tulip, in the sea of these weird yellow ones. And in a job later on in my life, I, somebody identified the colors and wanted to calibrate their machine with the colors of my picture. And I said, and can you add in the bottom, do not conform, but be transformed. And people, it is a, a word that, that, you know, transformation is a word that, that's very ethereal, is out there. What does it mean? Well, this morning in Sunday class, some of my students, oh, I got students again. So we did a, 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 an actual intellectual exercise. We got our synonyms. I said that right. It's a synonyms. <laughs> synonyms of the word transformation. And we came up with some words that are running out along the side, but they come up with words like turn around. They come up with words which actually is the Greek word for transformation, metamorphosis. I think I have the right pronunciation in English. Metamorphosis instead of metamorphosis. Uh, one very typical one is change. Presbyterian's biggest enemy. <laughs> Not a lot of them. Uh, newness. Something new and different. Oh my gosh, sparkle is falling on the floor. <laughs> and don't take it out because I'll see if I'm going to have already blue and you're going to stick to your hand. They also change over. That's another word that describes transformation. Change over. And then shifting, doing something different. Then we have up here innovation, realignment, restart. What's that one back there? I can't really make up. Renewal. What's that one over there? The blue one. Redevelop. We have renovation, rebuilding. Would you agree that 
first kind of describe the idea of transformation, right? They kind of describe the idea of transformation, but you know what? We just went through a transformation. You see? Now our text, the New Testament text, begins with the words, therefore. So Paul, who wrote that letter to the Romans, is reaching a conclusion about something. Actually, he is beginning to close the book of Romans when he writes this portion. But from chapter 1, Paul has been reminding the church of our condition. In chapter 1, 2, and 3 of the book of Romans, we find Paul describing the condition of humanity. Thirsty, dry, not wanting to even come close to God, rebellious against God, evil, unrighteous. In all those words. Then in chapter 4, 5, and 6, he begins to shift and talk about the great salvation that God has planned for the people of God in Christ Jesus. Then he goes off into chapter 6, 7, 8 through 9 and begins to describe the relationship those believers who have been called out of every nation, every tongue, and every culture are called out to be the church. And how this church is also part of the plan for the people of Israel. Chapter 10 and 11 describes how we have been grafted into the people of Israel. How we who are not a people are now the people of God also. The Gentiles, the ethnos, the ones who were never Jews. We are now given this salvation. Therefore, says Paul. Therefore. It is a conclusion. And, and the following words says, I beg you by the mercies of God. Another translation says, I plead to you. Another translation says, I implore to you. This is not a command. This is obviously a call to the will. A call to our will that this is a step that we have to take voluntarily. That this is not a step that is going to happen on a void or on the blue. That we need to consciously, we need to be aware that we are to make this step. So Paul is begging us, is really head, uh, head shaking us by our shoulders and saying, I beseech you, says the old words, by the mercies of God, to offer yourselves. And this is an interesting word, as a living sacrifice. Why do you have to use the word as a living sacrifice? Most sacrifices, my friends, were what? That's the idea. We need to have the blood run through the altar to satisfy the gods. And I say the gods because it seems to be the same stuff in many cultures. Okay? But Paul says, Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. In other words, it's an intentional, volitional action that I am going to offer myself sacrificially. It's not comfortable. He's talking about a sacrifice. He's talking about getting out of our comfort zone. He's talking about giving up what we used to cherish. It's not foundational and important because God is calling us for a new vision. To do church for a new generation, not for ourselves. Not only is he asking us to give a living sacrifice, but then he says something amazing. He says, but let God. 
this is where we have to look. This is where it comes difficult. Let God transform your mind. Transformation is not an act of the will. You know that I can go every day to McDonald's and never become a hamburger. I can go every single day of my existence to McDonald's and never become a hamburger. Likewise, we can always come to church and never be a Christian. Because transformation, change, reformation, rebuilding, renovation of our souls and our spirit is the sole act of our loving and sovereign God. God initiates. God starts. God started bothering your conscience about three years ago. God started putting a fire in the wood in your hearts. We gotta do something. We gotta do something. What are we gonna do? We don't know. One nurse answered to a question one day. What would be the most crazy and radical thing you guys would do? And this one nurse sitting back there said, We should sell our properties, dissolve our congregations, and become one. Oh, is your fault, nurse? Get it here. <laughs> is it really her fault? Or was it just she just had the weirdest idea and it was God's idea? Hmm. And it was God's idea. See how that happens? It can happen in your life. It can happen in my life. It's happened already in our lives. God has actually given us an opportunity not let you die as a little worm who was crawling and thrown into the ground, literally eating dirt. Eating dirt. Strolling in the ground. At risk of being spat upon. Low life. No energy. And God has told us. And yes, we want to be that butterfly. We want to be that butterfly that that worm eventually turns into a chrysalis and flies. We don't want to be that. How many of you want to be that butterfly? How many of you would like to see Radical become that butterfly? But you know what happens? Any of you wondering where we're at? Any of you wondering where we're at? 
done by God's inspiration, begin to renew, realign. And you know what's the first thing that comes out of all of these little animals? They're mushy there. The first thing that develops, I, I, found it, I found this amazing. I found this even spiritual. The first thing that develops in those little animals is the antennas. To get the messages from the right person. Isn't that amazing? That's the first thing that develops. Then the little legs begin to develop. The last thing that develops is the way that the wings sing. And actually, the way they get out of the cocoon, the chrysalis, is by fluttering and exercising their wings. And as they grow, they go and fly. But we're not there yet. We're in the cocoon. We're in the cocoon. And that's good. Because it is in the cocoon where Abraham found himself for years. And years, when I read that scripture, I almost laughed because God was telling Abraham, leave your family, leave your town, leave your job, and go to the land that I will show you. He couldn't go in his GPS and say, okay, I am a 2105, there's a body, I want to go take me to get in the work. Uh-huh. The land that I will show you. He didn't show Abraham the land. He didn't know where he was going. But one thing Abraham did. One thing Abraham did. I'm closing with this one. Abraham believed. And listen to me, my dear beloved, beloved sheep of Radical. One thing is to believe in God. And another thing is to believe in God. Let me say it on this side. One thing is to believe God, to believe in God, and Scripture says that even the devil believes in God, but another thing is to believe God. And Paul says that Abraham believed God and left what was comfortable, left Woodland, left Calvary, Will eventually leave some Mr. Crocker being on now outside of hope. And God promises Abraham a land that they will go. And God has promised not a hope, a land that we will conquer. Will you be patient with us? Will you grow in faith through this period in the cocoon with us? As we learn to trust God, as we learn to listen to God again and not our past experiences and what we know should work? Will you? Will you join like Abraham did, like Moses did, like the disciples even did? Start walking nearly to a land that God has offered us to conquer, to preach, to teach, to heal, to bring restoration, to love, to forgive. To teach others not only to believe God, to believe in God, but to believe God. It's painful. Transformation is painful. But you know what? There was one that gave his life for us in transformation, and that was Jesus. He took the pain for us and gave us the best transformation ever. A dead spirit into a spirit of life.
people who were no longer people of God. Now we are called people of God. People who had no direction. Now we have a direction. Now we have a faith. Now we have a book. Now we have a story to share with the world. But while we're in the cocoon in the chrysalis, let's learn to trust in our God. May God teach us that lesson as we move forward in the journey of light of hope. Amen? Amen. 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 What do we do now? I'm supposed to pray. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you. We're amazed at your wonders. We're amazed at your words. We're amazed at the gifts of colors and words and, and other phrases that remind us and teach us your purposes amongst us. Give us the faith of the father of faith, Abraham, who trusted you, basically blindly. Trusted you without knowing where he was going. And the amazing thing, oh God, is that he was able to convince a whole bunch of people behind him. Help us to have that faith. That we may convince others to follow you. Help us to have a faith that will not only transform our structure and the way we do church, but Father, that would transform us from inside out. Thank you, God. We ask these things through Jesus Christ, who gave himself to transform us from death to life. Our Savior. Amen. Amen.